0: Series of dreams, <clears throat> and uh, they were weighty, weighty dreams. Whenever dreams come in repetition, there's the Lord's trying to emphasize something. So it, it's kind of like it's kind of like I say hello, hello, hello. It's kind of like the third one. You're like yeah. That's kind of what the Lord does. And I had a series of dreams. The same dream, each one going a little bit deeper. And um, it's out of that that I brought Sunday morning's message. A cursed cursed or a blessing, you decide. I want to give the second part of that 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 I've been inspired with to bring to you out of the book of Revelation. Revelation chapter 12. Now, we do have notes for you. Do you all have those already? All right, they're coming. Would you, would you all stand for the reading of your Word? We do that in honor. Yes. Amen. All the youth, stand up. Yay. Yeah. Hallelujah. Praise God. Stand. All right. Are you making me stand? I'm encouraging you to. If you can't stand, we can pray for you to be healed later. And uh, if you're not able to stand right now, just stand up on the inside. And everybody said, Amen. Oh, go ahead, sit down. You may sit. I'll make you stand in a second, just in case you didn't get any exercise today. Revelation chapter 12 and verse 1 reads, And a great and wondrous sign appeared in heaven, a woman clothed with the sun, with the moon under her feet, and a crown of twelve stars on her head. It's a picture of well, of many things. I don't want to get into all the details of it, but I I believe one of the pictures that that is of is the church. The sun being representative of the glory of God, and the twelve stars representative of apostolic authority. Twelve is a governmental number. And she was pregnant and cried out in pain. She was about to give birth. I want to say that the church, the body of Christ, is moving into a new season where God is going to give us greater apostolic authority in prayer. God is going to give us greater apostolic, apostolic authority as we move forward to plant, to move, move into this new season. In fact, even birth a new move of God. There is coming a great, a great release of the power of God and, and we have to birth it. You know we pray for revival. You know God doesn't have a problem with revival. Heaven doesn't need to be revived. It's constant. It's in revival all the time. Heaven is constantly there. There's no there's no seasons of of uh, of suffering in heaven. It's it's constantly on fire. Constant worship. The glory of God all the time. We've gone through seasons and transitions, and I preached on that on Sunday night. I believe God is going to bring us and the body of Christ into a new season of glory, the sun, a new season of apostolic authority, the twelve crowns on her head, and it's for the purpose of birthing forth a new move of God, even in the planting of churches and the releasing of God's people into the the gifts and the operation of the Spirit, even the equipping of the saints for the work of ministry. Then there another sign appeared in heaven. Uh Uh-oh. An enormous red dragon with seven heads and ten horns and seven crowns on his head. His tail swept a third of the stars of the sky and flung them into the earth. The dragon stood in front of the woman who was about to give birth so that he might devour the child. Well, we have a problem. There's this enormous dragon. His name is Satan. And he's seeking to devour this new move of God, this birthing that's going to take place. An enormous red dragon. About to devour the child the moment the child was born. She gave birth to a son, a male child, to rule the nations with the iron scepter. Okay, go to verse 7. I wanted to say all that. You may not stand. Verse 7. And there was a war in heaven. Michael and his angels fought against the dragon. And the dragon and his angels fought back. But he was not strong enough. And they lost their place in heaven. The great dragon was hurled down. The ancient serpent called the devil, or Satan, who leads the whole world astray, he was hurled to the earth. And his angels with him. Then I heard a loud voice in heaven say, Now have come the salvation and the power and the kingdom of our God and the authority of His Christ. For the accuser of of our brothers who accuses them before our God day and night has been hurled down. They overcame Him by the blood of the Lamb and the word of their testimony and did not love their lives so much as to shrink from death. We're going to read that all together. Are you there? Verse 11, they overcame Him by the blood of the Lamb, by the word of their testimony, and they did not love their lives so much as to shrink from death. Therefore, rejoice, you heavens, and you who dwell in them, but woe to the earth and the sea, because the devil has gone down to you, and he is filled with fury, because he knows his time is short. Let's pray. Lord, come, release revelation today. Equip us for the battle that's yet ahead. Open our eyes. Illuminate our hearts. Give us a spirit of wisdom and revelation tonight. May it not just be some service where we just say, yeah, I I did church. I fulfilled my obligation. Lord, we've not come to fulfill an obligation so much so as we've come to really receive from You, to minister to You and to each other. And we ask God now that You would come and speak to us clearly from the throne. Speak to us. Hide me behind the cross. Make my words, Lord, like that of Samuel, that none would fall to the ground. Jesus, take a coal from Your altar. Place it upon my lips, that as I preach, You would burn faith in the hearts of those that hear. I thank You, God, for all that You're doing in this house, what You're doing in the body of Christ, what You're doing in the earth, that these are the days that the prophets of old long to live and to be in. And we are alive in such a time as this. Oh, God, do it tonight, I pray in Jesus' name. Amen. You may be seated. I want to talk to you about overcoming by the blood of the Lamb. Overcoming by the blood is the name of the message. Overcoming by the blood. It used to be, in fact, if you flip through a hymn book, you'll find many, many hymns on the blood. And they are, they are my favorite, really. Oh, the blood of Jesus. Oh, the blood of Jesus. Oh, the blood of Jesus It washes There's nothing like songs about the blood of Jesus. There is power Power Wonder-working power In the blood Of the Lamb There is power Power, wonder-working power in the precious blood of the Lamb. My, my, my. The blood has never lost its power by Andre Crouch. Anybody remember that one? Not too many songs come out about the blood now. My mother, when I first got saved, well, when she first got saved, which is before me, would always pray the blood of Jesus. Cover my son with the blood of Jesus. I didn't really understand that, but I heard it so many times that I just started praying. Cover him with his blood, with, with the blood of Jesus. Cover. Him. Is there anything about that? I mean, what is that about? What, what is that? What does that mean? The phrase, look at C. Plead the blood, plead the blood. Plead the blood. We plead the blood. Anybody ever heard that? They used to preach on it all the time. Great. Two of you. Anybody else? We plead the blood. Any youth ever heard that? Very, very, you know, not too many. Unless you like grew up in a home where they're all on fire. They're they're pleading the blood over you all the time. Is there anything? What is that all about? Let's look at this text. Revelation 12. There's a war. We read from verse 1 basically through verse 12. And there's a war. Paul talks about the war in the epistles. We war not against flesh and blood. And in this text, Satan is described as a formidable adversary. Go ahead, write in the notes. A formidable adversary. This enormous, an enormous red dragon with seven heads, seven crowns and ten horns, which is a picture of vast political power. That's what that that picture is. That He rages with that power. He took one-third of the angelic host with Him. How many? One-third. took one-third of the angelic host. You say, well, that's a lot. It's one-third of innumerable. Uh, But more are with us than are against us. Come on, somebody, say amen. And He's called Satan, which is to be defined as accuser. Satan means accuser. Or devil, which means slanderer. Those are the definitions of that. Of those titles, Satan and devil. He deceives the whole world. Wow. The whole world deceives the whole world. And he's furious. He's angry. He's mad. He's he's furious. Great wrath and anger. Because he knows his time is short. I want you to say that. Say, his time is short. His time is short. Make it personal. Say, devil, devil. your time is short. Absolutely right. His time is short, and he's really, really red hot, white hot, mad. He's mad about it. But i got good news tonight. The good news tonight is he is a defeated foe. Come on, somebody say, the devil's defeated. One preacher said, you write Scriptures on the bottom of your suit so he can read them. He's a defeated foe. He was thrown out of heaven. You'll see in the text... And what's even more fantastic is he's, he's been defeated on the earth because God's power has come to the earth. The verse 10, I want you to look at this. Look at verse 10, Revelation 12, verse 10. Now have come the salvation. Everybody say the salvation. There's an article in front of all of these different, uh, the, the, what delineates has happened, the salvation, the power, the kingdom of God, the authority of Christ specifically talking about what Christ has released. A. He has released the salvation to the whole earth, to all who would receive it. The salvation, which is really sozo. It's not just... I used to think, well, I've got you know, you got to get saved. And getting saved was, Lord, forgive me for my sin. I'm sorry I believe You died on a cross. And rose from the grave. come into my heart. Be my Lord. Be my Savior. Amen. That's the sinner's prayer. It's a formula that, that we have put together in Christendom to to bring you to salvation. But that's just salvation of the heart. There's there's you got to get your whole you got to get your whole self saved. Spirit, soul and body. The apostle Paul said in 1 Thessalonians chapter 5, I pray that you would be sanctified through and through spirit, soul and body. You got to get your whole life saved. If you just pray a sinner's prayer and end up at some altar crying, sorry about your sin, but you never get this thing renewed you never learn to think differently, you never learn to act differently, you just stay stuck on stupid, then really, you don't have what Scripture is called... Can we say that stupid? Is that okay? You don't have what Scripture calls the sozo of the Scripture, which is healing, salvation, deliverance, freedom, power, life, and life abundantly. We have preached a gospel that's really been half a gospel it just said, well, you just need to get saved so you can go to heaven. If you were supposed to go to heaven, I've said it a thousand times. Then you drop dead the second you prayed that sinner's prayer. You're supposed to go to heaven later, but not now because you're here. How many of you are here? All right, maybe some of you will show up later. Eh. What does Christ release? He's released salvation, which is for your whole life, life and life abundant. He's released the power, uh, the power. Everybody say the power. That's the power... Look at We're talking about verse 10. That's the power of the Holy Spirit now at work in the earth and at work in your life and mine. Not only that, but the kingdom. Everybody say, the kingdom. The kingdom is present and operating through you and me and through the church. Well, we really are the church. And lastly, the authority. In the name of Jesus, every knee will bow. The good news is the devil's been defeated. He rages and runs around, like a prowls around like a roaring lion seeking whom he may devour. But for those who are in Christ, for those who have been free, for those who have been delivered, for those who have been sanctified, set on fire, filled with the Holy Spirit, understand their authority, that lion is a toothless lion. In my dream that I had, I had a tremendous amount of fear. Supernatural fear. Now, I don't like fear. If I feel fear, I usually rush it. In other words, I don't do intimidation. I just, I'm not going to be intimidated, even though I might feel fear. I've understood now in my walk with the Lord as I'm beginning to grow up a little bit that fear is something that the enemy sprays out on you if you're headed for some kind of victory. Now, I'm living right. And if God's going to convict me of something, He will, and then I'll repent. I mean, as far as I know, I am living holy. And and if Jesus shows me something I need to repent for, I'm going to be quick to repent. And if I blow it and I get short with my wife or forget to put on my seatbelt, I repent. I'm not legalistic, but when I get convicted, I'm repentant. I love what our brother said, Brother Barry said. The Holy Spirit doesn't need to convict you of what the Scripture tells you is wrong. I love that. Isn't that how it goes? Something like that. Go ahead. The Holy Spirit is not obligated to convict you of what God has already spoken to you or commanded to you in His Word. You say, well, I'm not not convicted about fornicating. Well, that's because you're seared. You have a seared conscience. We're going to deal with that on Sunday morning. What has Christ released? He's released all of those things to us. Salvation, the power of God, the kingdom of God, and the authority of Christ. And Christ and his followers who continue to walk in his. Christ and his followers on the earth who continue to walk in victory. We're overcomers. I want you to say that. Say we're overcomers. The scripture says, and it is absolutely one of my favorite all time verses, and they overcame him by the blood of the Lamb. That's what I want to talk about. The blood of the Lamb, the word of their testimony, love their lives, not so much as to shrink from death. I began to say in my dream, I had this tremendous amount of fear. And I've got the Word in me enough as I, to know that while I'm praying in tongues in my dream... Actually, I was having a dream of a dream. My dream was... A, I was sleeping and having a dream. It's unusual. And I'm praying in tongues in my dream. I feel all this fear. And I remember having this thought as I wake up in my dream. Out of the dream. If you can follow that. I wake up. I stand up by my bed and I say, What are you doing here? What gives you the right to come and mess with me? And I'm all shaka. Want another back want a black eye and a bloody nose and a fat lip? What are you doing? I bind you now. And I'm praying in tongues. And in my mind I'm thinking, and I feel all this fear. I'm saying this is not, this is this is out of bounds. What's this all about? And my dream continued, but that's that's not for you. I understand in my life that I don't have to be afraid of anything unless, of course, I do. In other words, if you have sin, just as I said it, put a bullseye, big round dot, and wait for impact. You're in a war. We're in a war. The key to winning that war, the first key, is to overcome by the blood. The blood. I want you to understand the blood tonight. We're overcomers. Say it with me. We're overcomers. Jesus declared, be of good cheer, I've overcome the world. Jesus declares that we're overcomers by the blood. Understanding the concept of the blood in Scripture. Y'all need to take notes. I didn't do this for hours for nothing. I'm telling you, some of you are going to get some lights coming on. need to understand this. So if you don't have notes, get some. Get a pen. Borrow it. All right? You ready? Understanding the concept of the blood in Scripture. The blood is God given life. Say it with me, the blood is what? God given life. The Scripture for that is Genesis 9. Genesis 9 4, and it's important to understand the context of that. Noah has just survived the flood with his family. We preached on Noah on Sunday morning. It's just under, survived the flood, and he's there with his family. God seals that covenant with him with this rainbow. And it's in that covenant in Genesis 9 4. And God says, But you must not eat meat that has the life blood in it. It's not only that, but it's one of the regulations that you see that the Gentiles must obey in the New Testament. They're not to eat the blood. So, those of you that like blood sausage big in the Philippines. It's big in Hawaii. Blood sausage is like when they take blood from an animal and they boil it and they eat it. You're not supposed to eat that scripture. So we have got to understand why God said that. Why did God say that to Noah now that Noah is in a new world? Not to eat the blood. Because the blood is a picture the a symbol of life. Life is in the blood. And it really points to the fact that Jesus would shed His blood on a cross. And we're going to get to that deeper here in a moment. It really points to the fact that it's His blood would then wash away all of our sins. And you see this type and shadow really throughout all, all of Scripture. Therefore, the Old Testament understanding of blood is fascinating because it hinges on that verse. It hinges on Genesis 9, 4. The Old Testament understanding of the blood is tied to sacrifice rather than your notes. It's tied to what? Do you guys like notes? Because I see half the people don't write them. Because I'm going to tell you, I take a lot of time to do notes. Do you all like them? Okay, good. Did you lose your pen? Okay, good. It's time to sacrifice. God'd rather not do it, man. It's a whole lot of work. Okay, praise the Lord. All right. Nothing wrong with work. Somebody say amen. It's when it's not appreciated that I get irritated. Okay, it's tied to sacrifice. Everybody say, it's tied to what? It's tied to sacrifice. A holy God, in order to meet a sinful man, there must be sacrifice. The Israelites understood they had a holy concept of God. We don't understand that. Most people don't understand it. Most people don't understand what real holiness is. The God that we serve demands holiness. holy presence of God and sin doesn't mix. The altar is where the righteousness of God and the sinfulness of man meet. And in the sacrificial system, there was a, and you can read that, Leviticus chapter 7, verse 1. I believe it's chapter 7. Talks about that. Is so it chapter 7, Jesus? Help me. No, no. You're mistaken. Come on, somebody say the blood. Somebody say, I'm overcome by the blood. Leviticus, you know you're on fire when you're really getting into Leviticus. I mean, you go home, you can't wait to read Leviticus. Leviticus. Leviticus chapter 1 verses 1 through 7 talks about the sacrificial system. begins to talk about it. And in in that chapter 1, Leviticus 1 through 7 talks about how you would bring an animal and lay hands on the animal and there would be an impartation. In fact, we've preached on it before. Impartation is a very real thing. There can be an impartation of evil. There can be an impartation of righteousness, holiness, anointing, giftings. Wage war through the gift given you, says Timothy, says to Paul, through the laying on of hands. How did he get the gift? The laying on of hands of the eldership. He got the gift by somebody laying hands on him. Well, sin was imputed or transferred to an animal through the laying on of hands. And you'll see that in the scapegoat. You'll see that over and over and over. Now, I have a limited amount of time, so bear with me. I don't want to get into all of that. But they understood, and we need to understand, that God is holy. And you cannot have a relationship with Him unless your sin is covered. And you cannot cover your own sin. Adam and Eve tried to do that. It was called fig leaves. God had to cover them. It's the proto-evangelium. had to cover them with skins of an animal which I believe to be a sheep. A lamb. And it made atonement or a ransom paid. We're talking about the Old Testament understanding of blood. It was tied to sacrifice. It made atonement. It it covered their sin. It covered their sin. It cleanses and makes holy. Leviticus 8, verse 15 says, Moses slaughtered the bull, took some of the blood with his finger, put it on the horns of the altar to purify the altar. How did he purify the altar? With blood. How did he purify the altar? With blood. So it was blood that purified. It makes propitiation. Everybody say propitiation. Now, Romans talks about that, but I'm talking about the Old Testament understanding of that, but I want you to turn to Hebrews 9. I'm teaching you here. I might end up preaching because I'm going to get excited here in a minute. It makes propitiation. Propitiation, to define that, means the averting of, of, of wrath that's headed for somebody or wrath that's to be upon somebody becomes averted. In other words, it gets to go around. It gets to miss. Jesus' blood shed, His life given, fulfills the Old Testament sacrificial system once and for all. That's why He's called the the last Adam. We don't need to sacrifice animals anymore. Somebody say, "Praise praise the Lord. The Old Testament sacrificial system, and it brings eternal redemption. Look, we're on C for all who believe in Him. Let me read this to you. Hebrews 9, verse 12. He did not enter by the means of blood, goats, and calves, but entered the most holy place once and for all by His blood, having obtained eternal redemption. The blood of goats and bulls and ashes of the heifer sprinkled on those who are ceremonially unclean, sanctify them so that they are outwardly clean. How much more then will the blood of Christ, who through the eternal Spirit offered Himself unblemished to God, Cleanse our conscience from the acts that lead to death so that we may serve the living God. My, my, my. You see, the Old Testament system is a type and a shadow of what would come. The final sacrifice. That No longer do we need to lay hands on a goat or a lamb or a bull or sprinkle ashes. That the blood of Jesus, even as John the Baptist said, behold, the Lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world, points to Him. He's the one that died sinless. God in human flesh died on a cross for you and me. And when we believe that blood by faith, it covers over all of our sin and makes you righteous, makes you pure, spotless, and clean. Therefore, you can boldly come before the throne. Some people never get a hold of this. Some people constantly trying to work Constantly trying to earn it. Never really realize what Jesus has done. Never really receive what the blood has done for them. We overcome the devil by the blood of the lamb. How, what, by the what? By the blood of the lamb. Say it again, by the blood of the lamb. Come on, give them praise tonight. Yeah. Hebrews chapter 10 verse 4 says, because it is impossible for the blood of bulls and goats to take away sins. Wow. So we're cleansed by Christ's blood. We are forgiven and ransomed. Ephesians 1 and verse 7 says, In Him we have redemption through His blood. The forgiveness of sins in accordance with the riches of God's grace. Hebrews 9 and verse 22. Quickly, turn there. Hurry up. In fact, the law requires, it reads Hebrews 9.22, The law requires that nearly everything be cleansed with blood because without the shedding of blood, there is no forgiveness. There's no forgiveness without the shedding of blood. So you can be forgiven as much as you want to. That's nice. God cannot forgive you unless you receive the final sacrifice, Jesus. You can ask for forgiveness as much as you want to. That's nice, but it doesn't get you redeemed. It doesn't get you saved. It doesn't get you transformed. It doesn't get you brought out of the kingdom of darkness and put into the kingdom of His Son by, by just wanting to be forgiven. There's got to be a repentance. There's got to be a receiving of the blood. And we've been made holy by the blood. Come on, somebody say, I'm holy. Hebrews 13, 12 says, And so Jesus also suffered outside the city gate to make the people holy through His blood. Holy through His what? Blood, Holy through His what? Blood. Romans 3.25, He's a propitiation. Now, the, the Old Testament believed that the blood of, of goats and bulls brought propitiation. The blood of Jesus brings the final propitiation. Romans 3.25, God presented Him as a sacrifice of atonement through faith in His blood. Romans 5.9, since we have been justified by His blood, how much more shall we be saved from God's wrath through him? First John 2, 2, he is an atoning sacrifice for our sins, not only for our sins, but also for the sins of the whole world. And that brings me now to the main thrust of this message, as I've now set a, a foundation on the blood a little bit. How to overcome the devil, how to overcome the world, how to overcome your flesh, how to overcome by the blood. You say, Pastor, how do we overcome by the blood? I'm glad you asked. The first thing is, recognize our position as an overcomer is a gift. So walk humbly. I've been around people and I've been in the place myself, unfortunately, where I've gotten so cocky and so arrogant and so prideful that I'm covered in the blood that you cross out from underneath the covering of the blood because of your pride. The very sin that caused Satan to fall from heaven was pride. I remember one time we, were, we had taken over the, our, our pastorate in Molokai. And I was preaching and just the power of God was manifesting. I mean, the fire of God. And it was awesome. I mean, it was just awesome. And I was just thrilled that God had touched people the way He had. And it was one of our first services. And part of the problem there on Molokai is that there's a tremendous amount of homosexuals and they drive all the buses. Now, we don't hate homosexuals. We love them. It's just sin. Okay? That's what it is. It's a sin that takes place on the inside of your body, and it definitely has has an outcome for it. The wages of sin is death, just like any sin. So don't go pointing the finger, but for the grace of God, you aren't confused like that. And if you are, God can set you free. And I'm not kidding. I'm serious. He can. We've got people that have come through our ministry. I don't know. they had like an anointing to draw homosexuals into our church at some at one point. Don't laugh. God was dealing with me. (laughs) You love everybody. They would come in and we had a number of them just totally delivered. And one guy's in ministry right now in Texas with a ministry called Exodus. Powerfully being used by God. I had a conversation with him. We connected through Facebook and he was in tears telling me, if it wasn't for you, I don't know what we would have done. You just accepted me the way I was and I was really in a bad way. You know, thank you, Pastor Daniel. Thank you, Pastor Karen. What am I talking about? Right. We're on Molokai and uh, finished preaching. And I was outside with a bunch of guys. And they're like, man, wow, what a service. You're really not kidding. We're, we're going to take the whole island, Pastor? I said, we're going to take the whole island. We're going to deliver every homosexual. We're going to kick that spirit out of here. We're going we're gonna to this. We're going to that. We're going to this. We're going to that. And it was almost like I I did. I heard a roar. I heard the the, the sound of a dragon. I started talking about all that I was going to do. And there was just a little bit too much I in it. And before I know it, I felt the power of God, the anointing, the presence of Jesus just lift off of me. And I thought, oh no, oh no. I felt like naked as a jaybird, you know. Just standing there. And, And people are talking. I can't even hear what they're saying. And I realize I've made a mistake. I've messed up. Something's wrong. Something's wrong. Something's wrong. I lost my peace. Karen was there. She had, a vi- she had a vision later about that, about a dragon sitting up and turning and looking at us. And as, as they were trying to talk to me and I wasn't hearing anything, I realized that I crossed out of the boundaries of my humility. We have power and authority, absolutely. But you ought to walk humbly with that. Because if you don't, you'll fall under the same judgment that the devil did. Oh yeah, you're a king's kid. Absolutely. You have power. You have authority. But I mean, don't start hurling accusations. Don't start, don't start, you know, there's some people that said, Devil! I know you're out there. I dare you to come right now. I've seen new believers do that. I dare you to come right now. I'll take you on. Don't ever do that. Don't do that. Because you can't do anything except by the blood of the Lamb. Except by the power of Jesus. And so because of that truth, the first thing, how to walk uh, and how to overcome by the blood. Recognize our position as an overcomer is a gift. So walk humbly. Because if you get outside of humility, you'll be finished, baby. Our strength lies in His strength. We overcome because it's a gift. The blood is a gift. And if it wasn't for Him, you and I would be finished. Come on, somebody say thank you, Jesus, for the blood. And we're to live Holy. We're to live holy and not give place to the devil. First John 1.9 says, If we confess our sins, he's faithful and just, and will forgive us of our sins and purify us from all unrighteousness. If we confess our sin. If you don't confess your sin, you're not purified. If you, don't, if you hold on to your sin, then you're outside of the covering of the blood of Jesus. Then you, you will not be an overcomer if you retain and hold on to sin. If you retain and hold on to unforgiveness, you will not overcome. You will lose. And that's all part of living holy. We come to Him. You know, that's why church is so important. Turn to 1 John 1, verse 7. You need to see this. If we walk in the light, He is in the light. We have fellowship with one another. And the blood of Jesus, His Son, purifies us from all sin. There's an ongoing purification. One One of the reasons you need to go to church is because of fellowship. That through fellowship and ongoing examination of your heart, the Holy Spirit can show you where you might be off so that He can then convict you, so that you can then repent, so you can then come under His blood once again. So you can say you're under the blood, but if you don't act it, you don't live it, you don't think it, then, then there can be a problem. And you will not overcome. You'll lose. How many of you want to be a loser? Just wave your hand in the air. Nobody really wants to be a loser. You want to be an overcomer? Somebody say, I'm an overcomer. Turn to Ephesians 4, verse 20. In your anger, do not sin. You'll understand it. I, turn to Ephesians 4, 20. And I'm going to get there in a second. You come to church. It's important to come to church. When people say, my church is out there. It's on the mountain. It's on the ocean. It's whatever. That's a bunch of bunk. No, I have fellowship with God out in the wilderness, too. It's great. I feel His presence. We just came back from dip netting had a tremendous time. The presence of God was with us. It was great. But that's not church. Well, you could have church out there. Church is where the gathering of believers come together, where the Word is spoken, where there's worship, there's interaction, and and the power of God can then move in that context. Some people say, well, this new move is going to do away with church. No, it isn't, moron. No, it isn't. It's all about the house movement now. Oh, there's a house movement, absolutely. And we'll have that, praise God. We need to have a stronger one. Somebody say hallelujah. There needs to be house churches under a covering of authority. Absolutely. But you can't just love God all by yourself and stay away from people. Because you'll get weird. No, you'll put things through your own filter and start trying to figure out, oh, I think it means this. Here's what I feel like the Lord's saying. You know, I'm, I re- Recently, I, I had somebody say, well, you know something, I'm just going to send my tithe I'm going to send my tithe to uh, Brother Billy Bob. Because Brother Billy Bob needs some money. Can I tell you something? Your tithe goes to the local storehouse where you you get fed. It doesn't go to Brother Billy Bob. Why? Because it's not scriptural. You say, well, that's what I feel like the Lord's telling me to do. No, you're cutting it short. He might be telling you to send Brother Billy Bob lots of money. Go ahead. But keep tithing. Amen. And if you have that thought and you don't have somebody who's a little bit more mature, knows the word a little bit more than you do, say, uh, 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 uh. I came into church years ago. I got this job. I was making 20, 25 bucks an hour, $20 an hour, I think, which was awesome for me, right? I was just, I was, that's good pay. Cash. Mmm, yeah. Cash. And I remember getting my first paycheck. I think I got like a thousand bucks. I worked, you know, I worked a bunch of hours and Got my big paycheck, $800, something like that. I remember coming into church. I was so excited. God was blessing me. And uh, I came in, and I, uh, Jerry and Flo Morgan. You remember them? You remember them? They owned the laundry place. God bless those people. I walked in. They said, how are you doing? I said, I'm praising God. They said, really? I said, yeah. What's going on? Man, he's provided for you. I get this awesome job, 20 bucks an hour, cash under the table. Woo! They go, well, you still have to pay taxes. I was like, what? Oh, Yeah. Give to Caesar what's Caesar. To God's what is God's. You have to tithe. You know that, right, son? I go, yeah, I know about tithing. Well, you have to pay taxes. I'm just all, I bind you right now. Jesus <laughs> The tax man. Yeah, I didn't want to hear that piece of revelation. Well, they're corrupt.
1: I don't want to pay the
0: IRS anything. Well, you live in this country, baby. The IRS is... is Either they're like Satan or God, I don't know which, but they're never gonna miss you, never gonna they're never going to miss you. They will find you. And they will not go away. I never would have heard that truth had I not been in a place where somebody could speak to me. Never would have heard the truth of you know, if heard parents or kids are running around, you know, clear they come over your house and they clear off the dining room table. Break your crystal. Steal your stuff. Oh, he's just a little feisty. No, no, no. You're not training your kid right. Feisty my foot. And they say to us, how are your kids so well behaved? You're so lucky. I'm thinking, are you kidding me? But lucky has nothing to do with it. I don't even believe in luck. That's so we call them pot blessings. They're not pot luck. We don't believe in luck. We believe in blessing. And it's an intentional thing. My kids are trained because we won't let them do that. Why? Because I don't want to have a prison ministry. Amen? So you'll never hear stuff like that if you're just out on the lake fishing, loving God. You'll never hear stuff like that. You'll hear the things you want to hear. And you would be like, oh, 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 oh. you'll walk over here and no, don't want to hear that blah, 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 not this thing, blah, (laughs) blah. Ephesians 4.20, watch this. In your anger, don't sin. Don't let the sun go down while you're still angry. And don't give the devil a foothold. The word there, give the devil a foothold, is topos in the Greek. It's literally to give the devil a place of operation. We're talking about overcoming by the blood. You cannot overcome by the blood if you don't live holy. Mm-hmm, yeah. Come on, give me an amen. Yeah, come on, if you don't live holy, then you're never going to be able to overcome anything because you'll be out from under the covering of the blood. Intentional sin. I'm not even talking about pornography, lust, greed, fornication, idolatry, prostitution, and the like. I'm not talking about anything like that. Well, that gives place to the devil too. Oh, when we come to church, it positions us to hear something like what I just said so the Holy Spirit can put His finger on things and deal with you so that you can repent and say underneath His blood that if we walk in the light as He is in the light, we have fellowship with one another and the blood of Jesus, His Son, purifies us from all sin. All right, thirdly, I want to talk about this plead thing. Plead the blood. Everybody say that. Plead the blood. How many have ever heard of a pleading? A legal term to plead, a case. Now, you won't find plead in Scripture, but one of the things you will find in Scripture is that there is a heavenly courtroom, there is a court in heaven. And when somebody says, I plead the blood of Jesus over you, what they're saying basically is they're they're, they're taking a stand. Look at the notes. They're taking a stand legally in God's court against the accuser and declare what Christ has done for you. To plead the blood of Jesus is a great thing to do. I plead the blood of Jesus over my children. I plead the blood of Jesus over my church, over my congregation. I plead the blood of Jesus over my family. I plead the blood of Jesus over my life, over, over my wife, over everything. It's a good thing. It's to stand there and say, I declare before God and His angels, before Satan and his demons, that I am covered with the blood. You cannot touch me. Some of you need to get a hold of this. We overcome by the blood. Pleading the blood. Satan's a squatter, people. In my years of... very deep, dark challenges that I had in Manhattan. There are buildings that are, that are set to be demolished. They brick up all the windows and all the doors. And then there, there's usually a time frame by which they're then going to knock them down. It's during that time frame that homeless people usually go around the backside, a hidden place, break into one of the windows in the building and they move in until such time as they're able to come and knock the building down. They are called squatters. If you've ever gone overseas or to the Philippines, you can see whole camps and villages of people that moved on to a piece of property that wasn't theirs. They build homes, they stay there, and they're called squatters. They don't own the land. And then, and then they have these things called squatters' rights. Kind of amazing. Do you know that's what the devil is? The devil's a squatter. He try, if you don't understand that you've been bought and paid for, made in the image of God, you don't understand that, that you belong to Him, then you'll begin to tolerate squatters i.e. demonic powers that come to try to manipulate you. That's why in my dream, this is not my first rodeo, baby. I woke up, i got fear and demons. First of all, my conscience isn't convicting me of anything. I'm clean. I'm pure. I'm under the blood. So my next question is, what is this happening for? Why is this happening? That's my very next question. What's going on? Now sometimes there can be something that happened in your house that you're not aware of. You got teenagers you start having dreams like that start feeling a defilement in your house you better get sit your teenagers down and ask them what's happening sometimes you have pornography or something happening over the internet or maybe maybe you've maybe you've stepped outside you know that you're what's allowed by the lord and you need to repent anyway i woke up in my dream had all this fear i'm just shaking what's going on what are you doing here Because I understand he can't come mess with my house. I'm underneath the blood. I'm living right. You need to understand that some of you tolerate the enemy in your life when you should be punching him with the name of Jesus. Taking authority. You do not need to be choked in your bed. You do not need to be harassed. You do not need to hear the overvoice of how ugly you are, how you'll never accomplish anything, how fat you are, and all that self-hatred stuff. And you get before the mirror and you agree with all the devils that talk to you about how ugly you are and how you should get a nose job or a breast job or a, a butt job or whatever they are and try to change your physical body so that they like you and you're approved. Or try to dress in such a way that attracts the attention of others. When you don't understand that you are holy and dearly loved, made in the image of God, and you don't need to show your body off for somebody to look at. I am preaching in here. And furthermore, youth especially, you hang out all out and you let them see all of that. Let me tell you what you will attract. You will attract a flesh man. That's what you'll get. You'll get a guy who wants to see that, wants to be that, wants to touch that, wants to be all up on that. And then what you'll end up with is somebody who'll stomp on you, stomp on your head after he's used you, and he'll move on to the next one. Cover yourself up for the love of God. You're made in His image. You don't have to change for anybody. Mm, Yeah, yeah. Soul ties are a picture of squatters. You had Some of you had some things happen to you. Micah, are you here? Some of you had some things that happened to you and you were so bent out of shape by what happened. The soul tie is not just an emotional tie. Well, I should say, it's not... Usually when we talk about soul ties, people think, well, boyfriend, girlfriend, and they got together and there was this tie that happened. It can be that, absolutely. But it can also be when somebody's done something to you that's horribly wrong and there's a bitterness that resides in your soul and you're tied to that person because of that offense that was made. And they can be dead and you can still be tormented because you're tied to them even though they're in the grave. Soul ties need to be broken. It's it's part of... And you just need to forgive people. Some are so foolish to think that demons operate just in your lifetime. Demons came down when this was written. When, in the beginning of time when Satan was thrown out. Of, I don't know the whole time frame of it. But when he was thrown out of, Satan, uh, thrown out of heaven, he took one-third of innumerable. One-third of the angels, which many believed to be demons. Now, demons just didn't show up in your generation. Your mama, your papa, they had demonic warfare too, whether they were saved or not saved. Demons have been manipulating mankind from the beginning of mankind, even in the Garden of Eden. And some of you think that demons just are, you know, one generation. I've got news for you. Demons are not just one generation. They're, I've seen familial spirits that, that travel down generational lines. It's the grandfather had an issue, and the father had an issue, and now you have the same issue. I've seen issues like that passed down in, in the male side and in the female side. Some of you got to realize, you've got to wake up. Those things need to be forcefully evicted. You need to forcefully evict that thing. When you see that generational greed, and some of you have a generational rage on you. When you see that thing operating, you need to drive it out with the Word of God. Drive it out with prayer. You need to confess your faults one to another. Pray for one another that he may be healed. You need to set your life up, plead the blood, and take a stand that that thing would not be passed on to the next generation. Listen, I've, seen, I've been serving God most of my life now. I couldn't always say that, but I can say that now. Praise God. I noticed, especially when I was younger with my children, I noticed an anger that would come up when I would get frustrated. They wouldn't obey and I would feel disrespected. This, this otherworldly anger. And I realized, my God, that's exactly the way my father was. And I thought, this is messed up. My dad would get angry. I mean, he lit my dad with, my dad got so mad at my brother once, he picked him up over his head and threw him into a pool as hard as he could. Well, at least it was a pool. You know, but that's traumatic for a kid. And I realized that 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 generational anger was trying to squeeze out. I was, I'm saved, filled with the Holy Ghost, reading the Word of God, going to church for years, and I'm watching this thing rise up in me, and I had to take hold of it. I had to take hold of it. And even now, when if I'm really tired, I have to watch out because all of a sudden I'll feel this thing. I'll just, I'll just get angry or frustrated. It's not from God. It's a generational iniquity, a bent. It's a bent that's in my generation. And I'm not going to have it. I will not have it. My wife helps me. You saying you have an anger problem? No, I don't. Because I keep myself. You saying you could have one? Oh, my God. Did I have one? I was the worst kind of guy to fight. Because I had such a demon of rage. In fact, I was a terrible fighter until you hurt me. And then I didn't know what happened. I would black out. Some of you know what that's about. Some of you had that. I'd black out. I'd wake up. There'd be people lying around. I'd like, like, It was totally demonic. I won't ask you to raise your hand, but some of you all know what I'm talking about. The same thing happens with lust. Listen, if your mom got pregnant out of wedlock, watch out, baby! Watch out! I'm telling you, that thing will head for you. you think, oh, that'll never happen to me, it will if you're foolish enough to sit and watch submarine races. You can't watch submarine races. It's underwater. So you sit there. So... In your car at the end of K'nick, Goose Bay... We just pray in tongues. The flesh is a lot stronger than you think. And if you've had that kind of bent in your life, whether it be anger, or lust or greed you've gotta watch out, the devil's a squander, we overcome him by the blood. You need to rebuke that stuff and set your life up so that you can win. Hey, this ain't we ain't playing a game. This is not a game. wake up church the battle is raging you do that the battle is raging There's a, there is a very real demonic force out there now you don't need to be afraid if you're under the blood we will overcome him by the blood of the lamb come on somebody say I'm an overcomer stand up on your feet Heidi, can you sing? You know this one? battle is raging. We are in a war, people. We're in a war. And it is not business as usual. What you got away with in last season, you will not get away with in this season. Because God wants to birth something. He wants to release apostolic authority upon you and your family and your business. He wants to anoint you in this hour to bring forth the greatest move of God. To bring forth resources the world has not yet seen. I had a dream last night. Where all of a sudden people were bringing jewels and diamonds. And there was this great release of wealth for the kingdom. Come on, God can do that for you. There are cyruses that are out there. Money's not your problem. Come on, lift your hands to Jesus. Of you online, lift your hands. Let the Holy Ghost touch you. The battle is raging. The devil is raging. I don't wanna be sleeping, but the battle is raging. It is time to wake up, church. The battle is raging. Wake yourself, oh the sleeper. The is raging. Wake up. I don't wanna be sleeping, but the battle is raging raging the devil is raging I don't want to be sleeping but the battle is raging I don't fight as one to be the end. give me eyes to see ears to hear. I don't fight as one to be the end. give me eyes to see the apostle Paul said I don't year. fight I don't there's one, one who just sweeps in yeah. the wind. Give me, I, I, see near near. I know how to I fight, fight. It's with Christ. Yeah. Give me, I see yeah. a oh, There's a shift taking place. Come on. Come on, my dear. The battle is raging. The devil is raging. I don't wanna be sleeping. While the battle is raging, the battle is raging. The devil is raging. I don't wanna be sleeping. While the battle is raging. I don't fight it's one to beats the air. Give me eyes to see. Here's to hear, I don't fight. this want to be air. Give me eyes to see, and here's to hear, I don't fight. this one to be air. Give me eyes to see, and here's to hear, I don't find this one to be air. Give me eyes to see, and here's to, hear. I, to, and ears to hear. I put on Christ, make no provision for my flesh. Come on, put on the whole, whole armor of God. of God, leave no open, open doors to stop. Put on Christ. Air. I put on Christ. Make no provision for my flesh. I put, on God, no put on the whole armor of God. Leave no open doors for darkness. I put on Christ. Come on. I put on Christ. Make no provision for my flesh. Put on the whole armor of God. Leave no open. Leave no open doors for darkness. I put on Christ. Make no provision for my flesh. You're here tonight and you realize, my God, I think I might have an open door. You want to shut that tonight? I'm not trying to embarrass you. I'm trying to teach you how to have victory. I'm trying to disciple you. If you have an open door and you know it tonight, get up here right now and shut it before heaven. Right now, say, I'm not going to have that open door. I'm going to shut it. I'm going to put on Christ. I'm going to come under the blood of Jesus. I'm going to, I'm going to walk free. I will not tolerate the squatter, the devil, in my life. I will not tolerate it. I'm going to go on with the cross. For me and the world behind me, I will become more than a conqueror in Christ. I am an overcomer by the blood of the Lamb, by the word of my testimony. I'm free, I'm healed, I'm redeemed. I've oh, always been a propitiation for my sin. I've been ransomed by the blood of the Lamb. If that's you, you want to shut some doors, get up here right now. Come on, come on, and just talk to Jesus. What is it? some of you it's lust some of it's greed some of you aren't quite sure what it is listen, I used to just not know but I knew, man, I must have some open door God help me I don't know, shut all the doors God come on, talk to Jesus power fire We position ourselves, Lord, to cleanse our hearts before you. Jesus, I put on Christ, make no provision for my flesh. Put on the whole armor of God, leave no open doors for darkness. Come on, make it your prayer. I put on Christ, make no provision for my flesh. Put on the whole armor of God, leave no Open doors for darkness. Put on Christ. Put on Christ. Make no provision for my flesh. Put on the whole armor of God. Need no open doors for darkness. Put on on Christ. Make no provision for my flesh. Put on the whole armor of God. Need no open doors for darkness. So Father, tonight we stand before you. And we realize that You have destined us to be more than conquerors. You've tested us to be overcomers by the blood of the Lamb and all of that means. So, Lord, we position ourselves now and we just ask that You would forgive us. And You would forgive us, Lord, even our generations on our mother's side, generations on our father's side, and that You would even cause an end to generational iniquity. That You would give us wisdom salvation, the power, the kingdom of God, the authority to walk free as your representatives in the earth, as your ambassadors, no longer bound, but free, no longer chained and shackled, but liberated by the power of the name of Jesus. Addiction go. Lust go. There's people here who've got suicidal thoughts, self hatred. I command that thing to loose your hold tonight. In the name of Jesus, be free. Fire! Lord, my rod trains my hands, trains my hands for battle, trains my hands for war. Oh, oh, oh. Blessed be, blessed be the Lord my rod trains, trains my hands for battle, trains my hands for war. Oh, oh, oh. Blessed be, blessed be the Lord my rock. Change my hands for battle Change my hands for Lord Come on, give God a hand Clap of praise Praise God Come on, give God a shout Come on, give a shout of victory tonight Hey! Thank you, Jesus If you could all find a seat Just quickly, please There's one more thing I want to do I'd intended on having uh, Tim preach tonight And want to do have an opportunity for you to be able to give to the work in Delta. They need a little bit of help this month. Uh, we've got to put a water pump in, a whole water pump in. And we've got some news on that today, Tim, praise the Lord. We've got to see that whole place painted, which Todd is going to take a crew, Todd Wallers, can going to take a crew up and paint the whole place. That'll happen in the next month. And got to get a heating system put in. And hopeful for some good things to happen there but we need to take an offering for them so ushers would you please help me this will go directly to delta junction and the work there that needs to be moved forward amen we need to get that place ready for winter winter moves in where we're at right now we're in trouble but we're going to get it together aren't we tim right all right we see that place painted see the heat on see the water moving they don't even have toilets we use porta potties they're roughing it but that's okay amen that's how you start so if you want to sow a seed into the into delta we do need some help I'm, I'm sharing my burden with you. We do need a little bit of help for Delta this month. We do more than a little bit. Amen. That water pump's at least I don't know thousand plus dollars plus labor it takes to put it in. Septic system's all bust. and uh, they don't even know where to start with that. They're trying to find it. All the tops, all the all the vents, and everything are broken off. God's going to help us to do it. Amen. You want to name that seed? You can name that seed to the overcoming of every obstacle in your life. We're overcomers by the blood. Amen? What do you want to overcome? Name that seed right there. How about debt? That's a good one. Overcome debt. Some of you have a habitual problem. You're trying to break it. Write it down. So, see, I don't care if it's two cents. Just give sacrificially. If you got two cents, great. If you don't, just borrow it from your next door neighbor. Just ask them to write a check. <laughs> I'm kidding. Don't borrow money. Hello, don't borrow money. Get you in trouble. Don't take loans. Well, loaning on a house can be good. You make your money work for you. Oh, no man a debt. Let no debt remain except the debt of love. I need to say that again. If you're here and you want to borrow money from somebody in the church, don't do it. If somebody asks you they want to borrow a hundred bucks from you, don't, let them borrow $100. If you can give it to them, give it to them. That's how you do that. Because what happens is a month from now when they get their paycheck and they said they're going to pay you back but they got hit or hit again and now they don't know what to do and now they owe you 100 bucks, and they're going to come and see your face and feel bad. They just won't come. And then they'll be in shame and they go to hell over 100 bucks. Somebody say that's not good. Alright, good. Mushrooms come. Oh, let's do it differently. Tim and Heidi, why don't you get down here? Ah, uh, well, why don't you everybody breathing all over your baby? Why don't, you, <laughs> why don't you bring bring Judah up here? Tim, you just stand right there and just hold a couple of these a bucket. We, he just needs one bucket. We're gonna come and bless him. Amen. We'll leave Judah up here. Alright? Alright, you want to sow a seed into Delta. We're gonna see this work. We're gonna see revival, Tim. Come on, it's not it's not been the hardest. I mean, it's not been the easiest ground. You jumped in. And the Lord says that I'm coming upon you with new authority. It's been growing even every time you return here. People have said, man, He just keeps growing. He just keeps growing. Because you said yes, I'm going to equip you. I'm going to give you everything you need. And don't worry. Don't be dismayed. Don't despise the day of small beginnings. Continue to build. Continue to prophesy. Continue to decree. And continue to declare. You will see the breakthrough. It will come. Delta will become a center. Delta will become all that I have intended it. A place for training. A place for releasing. I'm giving you everything you need for life and godliness. Lord, let them be encouraged. Let Heidi and Tim be encouraged and their two children. And cause Delta to grow, cause it to become everything that you've intended it. Thank you, God, for the building. 9,000 square foot building with nine acres. What a miracle. God, thank you. Now cause that thing to be totally renovated for the glory of God. In Jesus' mighty name, prosper that work and raise up that We might even hit Fairbanks and hit Toke in the name of Jesus and even up to Barrow and different places. God, we thank and praise you for it in Jesus' name. Amen. If you want to sow a seed, we don't need ushers. Just come up here. Just put it right in the bucket here. Again, this goes to the church in Delta. Amen. Blessed be. Ready? Ready? Blessed be. The Lord my rock, who trained, who trained my hands for battle, He trained my hands for war. Blessed be, blessed be, the Lord my rock. Come on, stand up with us. Who trained my hands for battle? He trained my hands for Come on. Blessed be, the Lord my rock train my hands to battle. we train my hands for Bless Blessed be the Lord my rock. He trains my hands for battle. Come on, the whole church sing it with everything you've got. Come on. Blessed be the Lord my rock. He trains my hands for battle. He trains my hands for Everything, everything you got. Blessed be the Lord, my rock, who trains my hands for battle. He trains my hands for war. Give God a hand clap. Amen. 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 Come on, shout to God. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Woo. Yes. Take someone by the hand. God, we thank and praise you that we are underneath the blood that we will overcome the devil by the blood of the Lamb, by the word of our testimony and we will not love our lives so much as to shrink from death. We are overcomers. Say it. We are overcomers. Make it personal. I am an overcomer. Say it again. I am an overcomer by the blood of the Lamb. If you believe that, say amen. Bless your people. Cause your face to shine upon them. Lift up your countenance towards them, O God. Be gracious to them. Keep them. And give them peace. In Jesus' name, amen. God bless you. Praise the Lord.